0: Another episode of the BSR show. We are the Black Series Rebels.
1: With me, as always, is my boy, Stephen Ellis. Alex, what's going on? I'm here. I'm happy. Let's get this show going. Coming to you live
0: from what was the world's largest COVID 19 testing center, then going to become the world's largest COVID 19 vaccination center, home of the world champion Los Angeles Dodgers. It's Cisco Kid yo i've never been there to get tested or to
2: get vaccinated unfortunately
0: (laughs) (laughs) well hopefully you'll get vaccinated there soon 100 million in 100 days dog 100 million in 100 days that still doesn't
1: probably apply to us guys how you doing doing great fantastic Lost ten lbs, baby. Yeah, yeah let's yeah. do a quick
0: little New Year, New Year check-in. Steve-O, you're at ten years, huh?
1: Uh, no, ten, I'm at 10, 10, 10, 10 years, ten lives, ten years 10 of pounds. dieting. No, I'm ten at, pounds. I'm at ten pounds total. Uh, five the first week, five the second week. Feeling good, feeling hydrated. Um, you lost a heavy baby. I lost a heavy baby, but I got to tell you, after today, I feel like I, uh, I lost all my weight. <laughs>
0: All right. <laughs> Full disclosure: We record two episodes uh, today. Today is Wednesday, January twentieth. As well as the the episode that'll air next week is recorded today. We recorded them in reverse order. But uh, today is uh, boy, a boy, a light, a lighter day in the uh, the 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 grand old U.S. of A. Cisco, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling pretty good, man. Can't lie. Feeling pretty
2: good. Um, this house has been bustling. We've been getting uh, some big moves happening around here, and so uh, we've, uh, we've been staying really busy, and uh, all, all good things coming this year, it sounds like. I
0: saw you in person for the first time since March. This uh, is a true story. You came over, you dropped off an, an amazing little uh, late Christmas gift for me. My, you gave me my favorite drink, some coffee.
2: I did, I did, I did. I I was uh, I was out that way to drop off Steve O's gift and um, had a little something, something for you as well, and uh, dropped it off and got to see you in person, IRL, as they say.
0: Man, you look good, brother. I was like, Cisco's looking good.
2: (laughs) I appreciate that, man. You too. I know the biking has been paying off for you. (laughs) It looks looks like,
0: bro. I've been. uh, I'm now on week two of Athletic Greens. Oh man. I'm fucking wired dog i got so much nutrition i all
2: got that biking athletic <laughs> greens and coffee has got you feeling in the next level bros
0: i'm current mood stoked all day i got i got prebiotics i got probiotics i got zinc i got the vitamin d i got the vitamin e i got the a the c the bro you b you name it i got the vitamin in me
1: alex I is regular old. right now guys Bros, I'm regular. My <laughs> gut my gut
0: health is on point. I am not living like a mid 30. I feel like I'm in my mid-20s, dog. I feel great. There you Woo! Go. That's me right <laughs> now, dude. My I'm like seriously, dude. I'm stoked. It's good I, that I,
2: we can't, that the audience can't see you right now because he's actively on his toilet as he's talking to us. That's how regular he is.
0: I'm regular dog. I'm regular. Flush. All right, now let's make my way back to my office. I remember one time we had Savannah Kiefer on the show and I made a joke about urination and she did not. She did not think that was funny. I was like, "Yeah, you ever get so stoked when like you, if you were ever meet Cad Bane, would you just piss yourself?" And she kind of looked at me like, like the fuck is this guy talking?
1: <laughs> now that you mentioned that i'm like god what a time warp it must be if we were to go back and like watch some of those first episodes <laughs> no, i'm not,
0: not gonna lie dude we 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 purged our twitter maybe new year new us we fucking delete that youtube dog and those just go hide how else are we gonna In, get and, our
1: house are we gonna get our 31 cents from youtube
0: Oh yeah. Right. Congratulations. your are YouTube out. You've you've got 31 cents in ad revenue. Cool. <laughs> Thanks. I wonder if bent, bent Pixels is probably like, the fuck are those Black Series Rebels guys up to? We're, we're, we're missing our 45 cents. <laughs> uh, oh man, dude. Uh, you guys do anything fun this week?
1: What'd you uh, do? I watched a lot. Watched a lot of stuff. I know we'll get into one of them probably in the next segment here, but, uh, watched a lot guys. Um, Alex, I know you watched Tenet. I did watch
0: Tenet. Cisco. Have you seen Tenet yet? I have not seen it yet. Okay. You know. So I won't talk about okay. anything specific, but here's what I will say. I don't know if it's the athletic greens. <laughs> I don't know if it was the herbal greens. I don't know what it was. Y'all. I, 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 loved, I loved Tenet. I love that movie. That movie slaps. It's actually awesome. Here's what I'll say. If Chris Nolan had just not said that that movie was going to save the world from the pandemic. Like (laughs) I think that movie would have had a much different reception. I think the press tour and the, the extracurricular conversations around just bad timing. (laughs) Yeah. It just, if that movie had come out two years ago, it would have, people would have really dug it. Now I'll, I'll agree Cisco when you watch it highly encouraged, just put the subtitles on. Okay. Just put them on just so you can, cause it's straight up, dude, the best way I could describe it. It's like Chris Nolan doing everything he can to make his job as hard as possible. <laughs> like it is so confusing, but it's yeah. really not. If that makes sense. It's very simple. It's like a really, it's, the brilliance of it is that it's a very simple story mm-hmm. with incredibly complex ideas, Sure, if that makes sense. So, like, yeah. when you put that all together, like, on at face value, it's like, this movie is bananas. And then as I was watching, it's like, oh, that's all this is about? Oh, okay, this is whatever. Like, I don't need to figure out all the physics of this. That's not the point of me enjoying this movie. But, man, I was so... It felt like the first, and Steve, Steve said this to me on the phone, I'll, I'll regurgitate it back, which was, it truly felt like it was the first time I was in the movie theater since seeing Bad Boys 3, and I was at home. Yeah. Like, it felt like a blockbuster movie for the first time. And yeah, that was a good like, feeling.
2: I feel like Nolan movies, people get lost in the details a little too much. You know what I mean? They get in the weeds with, yeah. the, like, the little things and missed the grand The picture. logic of it. Right. Yeah. It's like, I think about that all the time when I think about um, Inception or uh, Interstellar. It's like people are like getting, it's confusing, or, you know, I didn't, and it's like you're thinking too hard. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what happens to the top at the end of Inception.
0: That's not the point of the movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, like the point just, is the world bending and we're in a dream and yeah. basically Call of Duty come to life. I mean, the dude basically is like video game guy. For tenet, he, 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 oh no, I think all of his movies. Oh yeah, yeah he, yeah. he has an element of like they feel kind of video gamey in their logic, which sure. is like Inception to me is quite literally Call of Duty multiplayer, the movie. Like it's like, wouldn't it be cool if we went to a snow place yeah. and then we went to like a cool Japanese thing? It's just like all the locations feel like they're straight out of a video game level. And for me, Tenet was this like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you could just like, you know do xyz without spoiling it for you there's lots of like veals a little video gamey in its uh approach man i just i had a blast i was texting steve all through i was like this movie fucking rules man well i'm excited
1: (laughs) i was excited because like i've not other than i mean amber and i both liked it but i haven't really talked about it with anybody and i'm sure shit not about to go on twitter and like raise a flag for that Um, And so I'm excited. I'm excited for you uh, to see it, Cisco. Uh, Other movies I watched real quick this weekend. I watched a movie with Allison Williams called Horizon Line. It's a good rent uh, or good on HBO. It's a cheesy B sort of thriller airplane pilot dies. I got to fly this Cessna plane and uh, movie I watched. uh, I can't
0: watch movies that are too close to my real life.
1: (laughs) I watched the new Tom Hanks Western, News of the World. I really liked that movie. Same. And then uh, I watched Promising Young Woman, which I really enjoyed as well. Um, so I recommend I, – I, Cisco, I know I did what you said you would never do at the beginning of Pandemic. I rented all three of these movies for $20 each. I spent quite a bit of money, but uh, I was quite entertained all weekend.
2: I'm glad you enjoyed them. Why did you rent those, dog? I got the
0: screeners. Because I wanted <laughs> –
1: well, I needed something to watch, and I wanted I to watch
0: all, it. All those movies except for the weird airplane movie, I have I had, them. Sitting. I had the
1: time to just sit and watch them.
0: I don't know. Well, I have some other screeners. I'm, I dude, I've got, buddy. I now have like 45 <laughs> on my. It's like kind of silly. I'm like, oh, okay, all right. <laughs> Like this is if this had been a year ago and these were all in the theater and i was saving all i'd be like yeah this is yeah, awesome yeah. but now because i'm like half these movies are on netflix I'm like nah i don't want that yep. <laughs> throw in the yeah. trash yep so it, yeah i do you I, still get I,
2: um, physical screeners
0: yes because i'm on the nominating committee so they're all yeah. physical screeners you yeah, don't get any, I get any streaming
1: i get pissed because i'm on the nominating committee for the television side Yeah, sucker. I fucking I'm so I'm like if Amazon, Hulu, or Netflix sends me one more like fucking thing of DVDs or mailers or posters that are mini or whatever cute little swag they've come up with, I'm and it just goes in the trash because it's like guys, I already I have all your services. Please don't send me this. Please. Yeah.
0: And you can't (laughs) give it away because that's illegal. (sighs) So you can't watch my screeners, bro. Son of a bitch. They're not for you. Damn it. You're on the television-nominating Cisco, com- did I
2: hear you say you watched uh, News of the World? No, I watched Promising Young Woman, but I watched it a while ago. Okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, I, I think I
0: texted I, both
2: of you guys. You did, you did. I, 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 I
1: was talking to Alex about it, and Alex was like, that's like a comedy thriller, right? I was like, definitely not a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> not a comedy. Definitely not. <laughs> oh, man. I w- you should have just been like, yeah, dude. So that when I watched, I'm like, what the fuck? Yeah, is dude, Carrie Mulligan and McLovin in it, man. Holy shit, who knew? Hilarious. A
0: hilarious romp thriller. I have no Adam idea Rhodey. what he movie is about.
1: Yeah. Oh, and Sam Richardson.
0: Oh boy. Sam's my boy, though. By the way. Uh, fun fact: I was on an improv team with both Stephen Yeun and Sam Richardson—the same improv team. Oh, speaking so, of Stephen Yeun, there's a movie that I'm
2: kind of stoked to watch that he got effed over for in the Academy Awards.
0: But Minari looks really good. I have that as a screener. That's this weekend's. That's the one I'm looking forward to the most of all my screeners. Minari, uh, Nomadland, which I have. I have Nomadland. It was the Globes and, that um, fucked him, not the Academy.
2: No, yeah, the, the Globe,
0: Academy. not. It was no, the Academy
2: has them for foreign foreign film too. That's Globe.
0: That's the Globes. I don't think the Academy's done it yet. Yeah, and the Academy they don't choose the Globes; they choose your category. The Academy you choose which category you want to submit for. So the Globes pick what you're eligible for, I and see. the yeah. yeah. So it is the Globes. The Globes fucked them over. They made it the foreign best film. foreign foreign film, and it's like American director. American screenwriter. They Shot just happen to be. Yeah. Speaking Korean. Cause they're Korean Americans. Yeah. It's only half Korean, it's yeah. half English, half yeah. Korean. Yeah.
1: Silliness. Um, sorry, I'm going to cough here. That's okay. <coughs> but you know, the Matt Damon Mars movie is a comedy. So, Oh yeah. I
0: mean, all you gotta, anything, the only thing that ever needs to be said about any award show is that Steve Carell never won for Michael Scott. that's like really all you have to do if you you really want to go like our award shows like do they get it right steve carell never won for michael scott he lost to like jim parsons like that's all i have to say on the matter like that's (laughs) come on so how was your weekend alex (laughs) my week was great it was great i watched tenant like i said i got athletic greens course from my body i feel like did you watch some steve carell Always, dog. I'm always, I'm always watching The Office, man. The Office is my happy place now. The Office is just my happy place Are now. you on that Peacock life? Nah, dog. I'm on that ownership life. Oh, yeah. There you go. No, Dude, the Peacock. Dude, don't, you don't got to get a membership to yeah, the gym the when peacock. you got a motherfucking Bowflex in the house. I was kind of <laughs> laughing
1: that the Peacock has basically structured their, their subscription tier based on how much access you get to The Office. <laughs> Yeah. It's like, so how dang. much do you want to watch the? So office? just call your network Office Plus and just have it be nothing but the Office and Seriously. charge people to yeah. just subscribe to that. So
0: it's like twenty bucks to buy all of it on iTunes. Like right. it's not expensive to it's buy also the entire to
2: watch it on TBS or Comedy Central every night for yeah. like three hours straight.
0: I get it. I mean, I just I think that I think the the amount of streaming that that show gets, I'm always like, if you like it that much buy it like if if that's all you were watching on netflix just buy it and cancel netflix yeah If, if that's really like what you want i mean that show's great i mean i can't i can't watch it like that like all i watch is the office like i gotta i gotta switch it up and we're gonna switch it up today because uh we're gonna be making a list of our 2020 favorites and our 2020 most excited for list but first hey steve uh yeah alex what's going on this week in the new news hey steve what's going on this week in new news
1: uh guys joe biden kamala harris it's official they are our 46th president and vice president of the united states of america today they had their inauguration uh it was pretty history making um and pretty big news i'd say i pledge
0: allegiance to the flag
1: of the, of the United, United States, States of America. America and
0: to the, the Republic, Republic for which, which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. all. I still know that. Now, <laughs> real talk, pledge. real talk.
1: When I was in elementary school, every day of the week, a different kid had to go on the, the loudspeaker and do the Pledge of Allegiance every morning. Mm-hmm. And I remember when it was my turn. And I stuttered and fucked it up. Did you guys have anything like that when you were growing up? Nope. Nah, man. I'm okay. pretty patriotic. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys never had to like go do the over the announcement or anything like no, that? No,
0: not that I remember now. No. no, we had to do it every day. We had to do that. Yeah. If aliens ever came to like Earth and saw that, they'd be weirded out. that would be the only thing that
2: we're (laughs) about. Oh, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) maybe
0: like one, all the kids like line up and they say this chant to a flat. (laughs) Two, they eat butt, they love butt. (laughs) These humans, they eat butt. Three, see number two where they eat butt.
1: Oh, wow, yep. how this just turned. The one
0: alien's like, <laughs> is that so weird? Is that a weird thing to be into? Like, See, I told totally you it was normal.
1: Alien. His wife's like, you said it was normal. And he's like, well, you know, I like to roll, baby. <laughs> Anyways, it is a historic day. Um, I know we touched upon it a little bit in our episode that will come out after this with, with Mr. Knapsack. Um, but it definitely all of a sudden was a very calming Boringness, but also epic at the same time. Uh, yeah, there was
0: like these red coats like tapping their toes and like playing the flute like the flute. And I was like, This is some, this is great. Like I'm not stressed out at all. <laughs> it's like when Trump got inaugurated, it was like like, dun, dun, like not not Imperial March. What's that one?
1: Oh uh, You mean this one right here? Hold on one second. The scary song. Oh, not this one. That's,
0: he's not even worthy of that fun sad song. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's just like the McDonald's grease just like covering the White House. No, it just was like, I mean, we don't need to get too into it. But, I, you know, sitting next to my wife and seeing just how moved she was to watch Kamala get sworn in and then getting texts from my mother-in-law of her dress she dressed like kamala for the day like she wore converse and black slacks and a blazer and took a photo and sent it to us like i'm dressed like kamala today and that to me i mean come on that's what to see history like that get made is amazing you know whether you uh Whether you line up with Kamala Harris perfectly on politics. I know there's a lot of progressives that don't perfectly line up with her politics and she's been criticized for a lot of good things. And I'm sure she's been criticized for some weak shit just because of the color of the skin and the gender she was born into. You know, she's had, I'm, I'm hardly at the level of vice president of the United States of America, but you can't take away how fucking awesome it was to in our lifetime. See something like that. It made me really proud It wasn't as, you know, we, it was definitely more somber than when Obama was sworn in for the first time, there was sort of this, like, I feel like we kind of like had just been on this marathon and kind of stumbled past the finish line. And we're like, "Ah, ah, ah." like, we're still kind of, I feel like we're all still collectively trying to catch our breath, especially from the last, the whiplash of the last three weeks. But I know for me, I felt a great sense of relief. How did you feel Cisco?
2: Uh, very much the same. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was like a weight was lifted, like you guys said. And, um, you know, ready to just keep it moving and, you know, start doing the good work of, you know, keep continuing to get better from today forward, you know, not getting complacent or just accepting this as, you know, some so, some
0: proof that it's better now. Like it's yeah. not, it's not better. It's just one step towards. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, <clears throat> um, you know, hopeful.
2: And, uh, you know, hopeful that things will start to trend upwards and and continue to trend upwards, I guess, is uh, probably what I mean to say uh, for for everyone.
1: What else is going on this week in the news, Steve? Well, we were talking about streaming earlier with Peacock. Um, I know this is one of uh, Cisco and I, we were actually texting about this earlier, but Freaks and Geeks uh, will be available uh, for the first time on streaming with its complete full soundtrack. Uh, it's going to be coming out on Hulu January 25th, and uh, you're finally be able to actually watch all, what is it, eight, twelve, eighteen 12, 18 episodes?
2: I forget how many. Uh, 12, el- now
1: think- 12 episodes uh, with all of its original music because, you know, licensing is expensive, and before streaming, um, you know, they made certain deals based on the, the technology of that time, and... You know, it's the same reason why if you were to watch Dawson's Creek when it was on Netflix, the opening music was not Paula Cole. (laughs) It was some weird other song that totally is like, wait, huh? When you Um, go
0: outside and you're living in Dawson's Creek. (laughs) It's super weird. When you're with your friends and you're living in Dawson's Creek.
1: yeah, (laughs) Um, Totally weird. It doesn't work. And, like, other music in the show is just all of a sudden, like, weird temp track as opposed to like third eye blind and sugar Ray. Uh, but no in, uh, freaks and geeks, uh, first time Hulu, January 25th. I think that's pretty cool. Uh, Cisco, I know you own the original shout factory DVD box set. I do Alex, you own it on Blu-ray. I have it on Blu-ray. I don't have the DVD box
0: set, Nice. but I think the Blu-ray has the music. I don't think it, I think, I don't think the Blu-ray has a different deal
1: because I think that still rolls over from the DVD deal.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I think it yeah, is. So, because I was like, I'm like, I want to say mine has all popular music and stuff in it. It's not yeah. like a bunch of weird stuff, but I don't know. I don't know the show well enough to know, but I'm pretty sure. Um, that show's definitely due for a rewatch, for sure. Definitely oh, yeah. due for a rewatch. That's great news. I'm stoked for that.
1: Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's really amazing because I feel like every time I, I revisit that show, I find some new person that happened to be like a one-line guest star. Mm-hmm. that it's like every year someone different comes out of the woodwork from that show or having been on that show to become a big star, I feel like. so. It's uh, a great show. Great show. Great show. Uh,
2: Alex, Now can Hulu get on that Scrubs music. Oh, Come yeah. on, Scrubs. Oh, yeah. Um, That's the one that jars me the most because I, to be honest with you, I don't remember the music as well from Freaks and Geeks. I didn't watch it as much, but I used to rewatch Scrubs and syndication pretty heavily And in syndication they had all the Original music but On streaming there are certain Songs that they had to change
1: Which is a real bummer yeah, it's really weird how it can totally affect a show or your memory of a show. It does. It in does. the hospital, you wear your scrubs. In the hospital, you're not a scrub when you're wearing
0: scrubs. <laughs> that, is, funnily enough, is the original theme song. Yeah. Oh, okay.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Speaking of which, I've had this thought recently, speaking of Zach Braff, um, and we can we can still be positive on this, but, and I don't know if I just got caught up in it, but I recently re-listened to... The garden state soundtrack while i was doing some stuff at the house and i was like oh i yeah i still enjoy this soundtrack but i'm scared to put the movie on because was it really at the end of the day not actually a good movie and just a good soundtrack oh it's a great movie okay okay so i will revisit I, that
2: i think
0: for me fantastic movie okay. yeah i think it's a it's a good movie i was 18 when that came out so i may have had a little bit of like Fuck that movie! It's like (laughs) every single kid my age had such a. That was like, I was the. It was just a college kid movie. One right when I was college aged, but I I think it's a good movie. I have it on. I own it. Okay, let me give it. it.
2: Let me see if I can
0: explain this the best way that I can.
2: I like that soundtrack because of the movie. None of that music is the kind of music that I have ever been into my entire life, but I like it. A lot because I love
0: that movie so much. I should rewatch that movie. I actually really should. I should revisit Garden State. I should revisit it because I, I, man, I, I own it. I, I watched it a couple of times when I was younger, but I haven't. I haven't revisited it. And maybe it's time to dive back into dive back into Garden State. I think Zach Braff is a very talented
2: um, creative, and I think that he doesn't. He doesn't necessarily get. Enough credit,
0: I think. Um, Well, he had that weird. He had that weird moment where he kickstarted the movie. I I like that that movie too. No, but I think the the kickstarting it is kind of rubbed people the wrong way. I think people weren't used to that yet because that became such a popular thing to do. Was that his third movie?
2: It was. So it was. I don't remember what number it was, but it was. But he did right. He did, he did
1: Garden State, and then what was the other one he did? Who's the the co star in that one? The second one? Well, the the one that he kickstarted, I believe, is the one that he did with... um, Kate Hudson. Kate Hudson. Right.
2: Yeah. I forget what
1: the other one is. I feel like there was another one.
0: He directed one between then. Yeah. That was like his big movie... After Garden State and it didn't do well. It didn't do well. And it was like a a big Hollywood studio movie Mm because of the success of Garden State. But I, I don't remember but i remember i remember liking garden state i have but i have not revisited it in a, in a long time
1: it was just the reason i i it's a i put the soundtrack on while i was cooking one day and i was like god I, I actually i forgot how much i liked this soundtrack and then i was cleaning the house or something and i put it back on and it just was like oh and i thought to myself oh i should rewatch that and i was like i feel like it's one of those movies that i remember at a specific moment in time it felt like everyone really liked it and then somewhere along the line it was like fuck that movie i felt like and so i was like i don't think i do if ever i got my wires movie. crossed on it or not so we started talking about scrubs it made me think of that thought and i just uh
0: i don't think it ever had a fuck that movie i think it was more of a maybe just like not as good as people were saying it was probably but i, I don't think there was really a fuck that movie i don't know i could have been wrong man man It was the early 2000s. I had just graduated high school. I was living life, baby. (laughs) I was living my life. What else is going
1: on? uh, Alex, you're excited for Ghostbusters Afterlife, right? I might be. Um, We're going to find out. So, Ivan Reitman, or not Ivan Reitman, Jason Reitman, um, he's going to be in the newest issue of Empire talking about Afterlife. And they did a little preview of it. And in the interview, he talks about how. one of the things that he, he remembers most about his dad's, you know, first Ghostbusters and second Ghostbusters was like, it was actually one of his first sort of introductions to like a scary movie and scary moments that like frightened him as a kid and how he really wants to um, focus. He really went into afterlife sort of going, I want to make it scary. Mm-hmm. Like, I really want to make sure that it has those elements. Uh, the other part that's coming out right now out of this article is um, – his dad ended up seeing it not too long ago on a, on the Sony lot. And he says that his dad afterwards, like his dad cried and came up to him was like, I'm really proud of you. And so apparently Ivan loves it. He's very proud of his son. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for afterlife.
0: I think that the year of extra time to work on afterlife is probably just what that movie needs. Nothing wrong with another year of special effects work and editing and reworking and retooling and letting something become the best version of what it's going to be. My guess would be is that that's just great. You know, it's going to be weird. That movie's going to come out and those kids are going to look truly different (laughs) on the red carpet (laughs) because it's two years past that movie coming out past that movie being shot probably almost three years. Cause it probably was in two years of post-production and then this year extended release. So I, yeah, that's cool, man. I also saw the photos that have been flight suits, the kids, that was cool. Mm-hmm. But I haven't been, I've been busy with work. So I haven't, I haven't dived into that, but I did know that they were doing an empire
1: article, which is cool. I'm stoked. Nice. Nice. Uh, I know we all watched it, but the, we'll end on this for this segment. Um, WandaVision premiered. We watched it. Cisco. First Hate two us episodes. With it, dude. Cisco, take it. Hit us with the deets,
2: dog. I loved it. I loved both episodes. I love the vibe. I love the direction it's going in. Can't wait to see what's com- coming next. Um, I was not disappointed. I, I was uh, highly anticipating this show and it did not let me down. So I am very, very, very stoked for what's to come.
1: Bro, you had me nervous when you texted and was like, I watched it. And I, at first I went, Oh, Cobra Kai. And then it was like, <laughs> Oh no, 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 no. WandaVision. Shit. That's right. WandaVision. And then you were, we were all, we both were like, Alex and I both were like, we haven't watched it yet. And you were like, well, I'll reserve my thoughts until after you guys, you know, whatever. I you know, after everyone's seen it. And when you said that, I went, "Uh Oh, I was like, Cisco didn't like it. Cisco didn't like <laughs> well, it. I was like, how did Cisco not like it? And I, I came down Amber, I was like, we need to watch WandaVision right now. <laughs> she wanted <laughs> to watch the Allison was- Williams. I mean- she wanted to watch the Allison Williams movie. And I was like, no, we need to watch WandaVision right now.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was trying to you know temper my emotions because I didn't want to influence you guys
1: Right. consciously. Right. Well, I loved it too, man. And um you know I, I i know i said this on the last show and whatnot. you uh, i'm the least of the marvel mcu fans on this show um but man it so f- and i know i can't say this because it's only 2 episodes of a television series but so far it's one of my favorite things they've done um i know i tweeted it and i actually now think about wish i hadn't tweeted it but um because i don't i'm not trying to throw shade at like other intellectual properties and what studios do with them but this is a example just like spider verse was just like Ragnarok is for me where I just, I really appreciate seeing them take the chance to do something bold, do something outside of the box while still being in the box in a weird way
0: mm-hmm.
1: and just trusting in their creatives and just not meddling. And I'm sure they did meddle, but, just trusting and i really love that they were able to do that and i know that kevin feige and marvel has enough clout after the last 10 years of what they have proved to go and do something like this and i know that they wouldn't have been able to do something like this had they not had the track record they've had for the last 10 years but man man more of this please hmm
0: alex yeah I, I really dug it i had a really great time with it it uh it was wild. It was weird. It was a little slow. It was dated intentionally. Like, it, you know, we were talking about it. One of the things that I really loved about it, I think it was really smart to make it look like quintessential television so that you don't have people going, yeah, but it just doesn't feel like the movies. It's not. This isn't supposed to. Right. This is supposed to feel... Like TV. And I think that's just a really smart, bold, creative choice that just makes you go. Now I'm really excited to see what they have cooked up for the Marvel television universe. And
2: here's a really cool thing that they did. And I don't know if a lot of people caught this, but a really cool thing that I, that they did, that they did not have to do, but lends itself to the authenticity that you're talking about, Alex is shooting those, sh- those episodes in front of a studio audience and having the audience dress up Era for them. appropriate. Yes. Like, the detail that nobody would ever see, right? They never cut to the audience. You don't ever see it. But it, it just, it lends this next level of authenticity that, it, I mean, that is detail orientation like uh, to an, another level, that is just great.
1: I read in you know and, Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, there's
0: even a cool thing if you guys, and I know you guys noticed, but like the rules in which the camera can move changes from era to era, too. Hmm? So in the 50s, one, it's like this super locked off, like dunk, 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 like three, totally three camera. Three camera and then the 60s one, it's still three camera, but kind of starts to like like they get outside and they kind of follow her on a, a a bigger backlot. Like it they just did a you can tell they did tons of research about the subtle differences between early 50s television and then some of the stuff that could happen in later 50s early 60s television. It was really it's just really well done. I'm really I'm I'm stoked to see what happens next week. And I really can't wait for it to get to eighties and the eras yeah. that, w- that I have nostalgia for. I'm really excited
1: for it. Yeah. I read an interview with Paul Bettany, uh, cause after it ended, I just, I was, you know, me, when I get hooked on something, I have to go down a rabbit hole. And, you know, I, 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 instead of going into like the Easter eggs of the Marvel universe and whatnot, I went into sort of of them making it and watching sort of the behind the scene three minute thing that's on Disney plus and whatnot. And one of the interviews with Paul Bettany, he talks about how he was, he was at, he was totally against doing it in front of a live audience. Absolutely. Like terrified of it. Absolutely terrified of doing um, television acting of that time, but then also talking about how to incorporate the vision that we have come to know and grown to love to how do you also then, put in the Dick Van Dyke um, style of acting and character of that time into it. And sort of, it got me thinking about how so many actors get burnt out doing these big IP movies where they're attached for three movies or six movies or all this stuff. They get so burnt out to a point where, you know, classic case is Harrison Ford where he just is like, kill me off kind of a thing. And I think it's really cool how um, they're finding ways to, reinvent the character, but also allow their talent to sort of explore even more with their characters so that they they just keep building on top of what's already there and just sort of um, not getting stale. Well, I
0: think stale. We, all, we all felt a very specific moment. I want to say like maybe between Age of Ultron kind of leading up to Endgame, there started to be a little bit of this like fatigue. And it didn't mean that we didn't like the movies, but we were like, okay, like, the Marvel movies have a very specific thing that they do. You know what you're going to get with them. And then all of a sudden you got like Ragnarok. And you got like Guardians and Guardians 2. And they started kind of messing even, with the even, idea. I, I would even say Winter Soldier. Winter Soldiers, But But now looking back on Winter Soldier, that to me is now like the base level Marvel. Like they grew to that point. But then now you've got the like Ragnarok on top of it, which is like... The weirder kind of quirky. I would go say ahead, Ragnarok,
2: Ant Man, and um, Doctor Strange are three movies that like were a little left of center for Marvel.
0: Yeah, yep, yeah. And I think what's cool about it now, as we're starting to now explore an even broader world that they're going to start building i just think that it's really smart and really telling that this is where they cut co- they 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 know they knew they were like we can't just do marvel the movie the tv show we can't do it we yeah. have to try and engage the audience in an interesting way you know it's still early yeah. like that was a i mean this respectfully like that there was a gimmick there was a choice to those two episodes. Could I watch eight episodes of that? No. Like I right. couldn't – if that, it was eight episodes of Wanda and Vision like having kooky nineteen fifty sitcom adventures, I'd be like, what the hell is this? I'm good. Right. Right, but right. knowing that it's going to progress, I'm super interested. Sure. So.
2: Yeah, and I don't think I would ever sit there and say like, this is the greatest pilot I've ever seen of a TV show in my life. You know what I mean? Like I, I'm not crazy. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I just know that this was what I wanted from this show. You know what I mean? Yes. And, I, and like I said, I'm just – it makes me hopeful for what's to come.
0: Yeah, man. I'm stoked. And speaking of what's to come, speaking of what's to come, as we load into 2021, it, we've had this great week. I feel like I'm, I'm seeing through the haze that movie theaters may emerge – sometime in the next eight months i may be able to go back to a movie theater disneyland could reopen up in another eight months who knows but i see it happening we wanted to talk about some of the best content of 2020 and some of the stuff we're looking forward to the most so let's make a list of our top 2020 and our most anticipated steve take us there Okay, so we all made a list. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to just stay on category, not date. So what we'll do is we're going to say we each came out with a favorite movie, television show, music album, and book from 2020. And then we made a list of our most anticipated for 2021 movie, television, album, and book. So what we'll do is we'll start with movie. We'll each do 2020 movie and then 2021 most anticipated movie and stay within the category. Does that make sense? Right. So let's start with something we don't normally talk about on this show, but book. Cisco, 2020, favorite book that you read, hit me with it. Uh, my favorite book
2: that I read for 2020 is a book called Stealing Home, Los Angeles, the Dodgers, and the Lives Caught in Between. Um, and it's a story all about, well, you know, just a little background. I was obviously uh, preoccupied this year or last year with the Dodgers. And and I got this book right during the uh, the beginning of the playoffs. Um, and it 's a story all about how Dodger Stadium came to los angeles and for anybody who didn 't grow up knowing um this story or you know hearing about Dodger Stadium and how the Dodgers came to be in l a and um, the the circumstances surrounding the land that uh, that Dodger Stadium would occupy um, there have been a number of Stories, books, plays, movies done about that. This one is in particular very interesting to me because it focuses on some of the key players as well as some of um, the people who were affected very uh, negatively by it. And um, for anybody who's interested, I highly, highly, highly recommend it. I thought it was great. I listened to the audiobook and um, I just thought it was really interesting, but I I thought it was so interesting that I bought the book for my dad so that he could read it. Um, And so, yeah, yeah, that's my, that was my, my favorite book of 2020. Um, As far as book that I'm anticipating for 2021, I don't really know. To be
0: honest with you, I didn't have an answer for this one. Um, And what about a comic? Are there any comic runs or anything you're stoked for?
2: Yeah, there's some comic stuff that's happening that I'm kind of interested in and keeping my eye on. Um, There's a big uh, creative change that's happening over in DC, where uh, one of my favorite writers, who's been writing Superman in Action Comics, is going to be has left those books and is going to be taking over Justice League, and um, I'm looking forward to reading that. but yeah, I don't I don't know. I think that might be the only thing that I that I can think of off the top of my head that I'm looking forward to. But uh, you know, there's always stuff that's interesting. And if if there's anything else, as far as comic books, I actually did have a favorite comic book that I read last year. It's a book called Sentient. And uh it's a graphic novel. It was published by this small indie comic book publisher called TKO Studios. Um, it's a sci-fi story that takes place um, about a bunch of kids. It has a, a, a big like 2001 space odyssey vibes to it. Um, and I just thought that was, it's a beautiful book. It's printed in this oversized format and it's really fun, easy to get through. Um, so anybody who's interested in some cool sci-fi stuff, uh, I highly recommend sentient, but yeah, that, that's it for me for books.
1: Nice. steve <laughs> so I have to be honest. I didn't actually read this book. I listened to it on my audible with my free credit and I'm obsessed with this book. It's part autobiography, but let me tell you, it's more like a self-help from a guru and it helps me sleep at night. Um, Matthew McConaughey wrote an autobiography called green lights <laughs> and holy shit guys, I bought it as a goof and it now relaxes me. It did. Previous in, in 2020 relaxed me when I would get home and couldn't sleep from being on set or whatnot. And I was stressed out and I would put it on and it's Matthew McConaughey and think Matthew McConaughey when he just is chewing up scenery and spewing out words and just, it's him doing a chronological autobiography of how he became who he is. And is I mean talk about crazy shit where you know it's what you think seven nights drinking nothing but tequila and like going on a a a walk to find himself and there's a sand snake and a this or that and just sort of it's wild and I really recommend looking up the audiobook just to listen to him go off for like six minutes and just uh, definitely try. That's it. Awesome. Uh, that was probably my most entertaining read of 2020. Uh, and then here's another one. I'm a big biography guy. I love entertainment stuff. Um, but there's one coming out in 2021 called Brat in 80s Story. Uh, and it's the biography of Andrew McCarthy, uh, who was a part of the Brat Pack, uh, and like the John Hughes movies and those kinds of things, Pretty in Pink. Um nice. So I'm I'm I was really obsessed with John Hughes and those movies uh when I was younger, and so I'll probably be picking that up in 2021. But yeah, nothing like I'm not reading anything inspiring or poetic or (laughs) anything like that, but uh definitely check out Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey.
0: Nice. My favorite book that I read in 2020 was a book called Do What You Want, The Bad Religion Story, which is a I guess an autobiography, sort of like dictated biography. Like an about oral history. A, like an oral history of the band Bad Religion, which was a skate punk band from the early 80s based in Los Angeles, California. Actually, I guess technically based in uh, the Valley. Uh, the Valley, uh, specifically Woodland Hills, I yeah, think, or yeah. Chatsworth. Woodland Hills Woodland and Chatsworth. Hills. But what's great about it is like they'll just be talking like, yeah, dude, we were down on the corner of Moore Park in Verdugo and this like battle broke out. Like, and you're just like, <laughs> yeah, man, that's where I live. So I had a blast. Uh, I actually, I read that one. I actually didn't do the book on tape. I actually did read that book. And it was, um, it was super fun. It was a nice little uh break from the screen in quarantine. There was a good little chunk of time there where I, where I was reading uh, the book and having some fun, doing a little poolside reading, like had a little, little blow up pool in the backyard, little, little, little tootsies in the water, a little book, a little margarita, you know, life is good, baby. Uh, my number, my, the, my, the book that I'm most looking forward to reading now, I don't know that it came, it didn't come out in 2020, but I got it 2021, but I got it as a gift and I haven't read it yet, which is, is this anything by Jerry Seinfeld? which is, uh, I have it over here. It's basically all of it. It's just material. It's not formulated jokes. So he just like has a topic and then it's just observations on it. And I was like, my dad got it for me for Christmas. And I thought it was Ready Player Two. I was like, oh man, I really hope my dad didn't buy me Ready
1: Player Two. I, <laughs> I was going to say, that. you're not missing on anything there for me. I'm Oh,
0: I liked Ready Player Two. Really? I, haven't, okay. I really did. I haven't listened to it yet. I have the book on tape, but I was like, Oh man, I, don't, I hope it's not ready player two. Cause I'm gonna have to pretend like I'm super stoked. Cause like, well, my, my dad never gets me Christmas gifts. Like my mom does the Christmas shopping and she'll write my dad's name on it. But like, it was from my dad. And I was like, Oh for sure, he picked this out because it's a book. And then when I opened it and saw what it was, like this is awesome. I had no idea this was a thing, so I'm really stoked to read that. And then the comic that I'm really excited about, my wife got for me for Christmas, which is uh, Ginseng Roots. I've already read the first book in it, but it's a comic series by Craig Thompson, who's my favorite graphic novelist. He wrote a book called uh, Blankets, which is really good, really powerful. Uh, if you're if you're looking for like proof that it's pretentious to say this, but like real proof that comics are a form of literature and art, like blankets for me was kind of that book that thrust that into my mentality. Like I always have loved comics and respected the art form, but like that book made me feel kind of deeper about comics in in a, in a way. And I think that uh, blankets is really great, but Craig Thompson is my favorite graphic novelist and ginseng roots is another one of those. It's weird it's about kids picking ginseng in Wisconsin. This is not what you would expect from like the typical comic book. So like, don't go get in ginseng roots and be like, Alex, this is boring. You've been warned. It's not that type of comic book. You have truly been warned. If Alex likes so, it, it's not boring. Um, <laughs> Cisco might beg to differ on some of my Craig Thompson choices. <laughs> like it's just a different style of comic, right? It's like, like, their autobiographies, they just happen to be uh, graphic novels. But I, I just really love his art style. And I have a connection with Craig Thompson. I think he's a really nice guy. And I met him at a convention one year. And he signed my copy of Blankets. And I had been there with a booth for the show, the television show that I had been pitching around. And he came by. I didn't even know what he looked like. And he came by. And I said something, like, jokingly as the shark puppet for my show shark bites at the time. Cause I did the voice originally, like when we would do the booth and they, he, when I went to get my book signed, cause I love blankets. I say, Hey, we well, signed my blanket. Said Hey, you're the kid with the shark puppet. Right. And he remembered that. And instead of signing it and drawing a character from blankets, he drew me with the shark puppet. And I just, that was such validation that I was doing something funny and special. And I always appreciate Craig Thompson for that. So every time he comes out with something, I try to support him. All right. Music. Everybody loves music. Cisco, hit us with your top tracks of 2020. And of course, some albums you're looking forward to. Uh, Yeah. So my favorite album of last year was this
2: album called... Uh, by a band called or a group called Salt S A U L T and the album is called
1: Untitled Rise You want to hear uh the song you like? Sure, yeah, dude, I want to hear it. Yeah, what's the song that you like? Free, right? Yeah, the whole yeah. album is right. amazing. But yes. Here we go. Here we go. Here's a little bit of Free.
2: That's rad. That's uh, funky. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about this group. Um, what I do think I know is that, or what I've been able to gather from the internet, is that they seem to be based out of the UK. Um, however, they seem to use people that they work with from the States. They, they you know, the, the the album has a lot of spoken word Type poetry. Um, it's got a lot of like funk and world music vibes to it, as, all, as well as some like kind of hip hop and R and Bness. Um, but they released two albums this year. Surprisingly, like nobody expected them. Both, one of them is called Untitled Rising. The other one is called Untitled Black Is, which is also very, very good. And um, you know, I was able to find out about them through listening to different shows on NPR. KCRW and my wife and I just fell in love with both of those, uh, both of those albums. Um, so I highly recommend them if you're just into that song at all. But I, I mean, I would recommend the whole, the whole album. It's really good. Um, and it, I, unfortunately I don't have anything I'm looking forward to this year when it comes to albums. I don't know. I, I don't know what people that I like are working on. Um, I think I, I struggle read
0: the- with this too. Cause I feel like now they announce it like a week yeah before it comes out there's like a hype mentality to it.
2: I think Madlib is working on something that i is gonna be coming out soon with Fortet um I think I remember seeing that there was gonna be an album releasing soon and I heard a preview of a track that I liked, but um I don't even know the name of it or anything like that, but uh anything madlib comes out with i'm gonna I'm gonna dig if Kendrick Lamar happens to drop something or um if chance the rapper happens to drop something, I'll be into that um Or if Salt drops another album, which they probably are likely to do, they just do shit like that where they just like all of a sudden release a full EP (laughs) unexpectedly. Uh, I'm sure I'll like that too. So, um, yeah, I I keep my ears open for new stuff. I listen to a lot of NPR and uh, Morning Becomes Eclectic uh, on KCRW. So that's where I get a lot of my stuff that I'm, um, I'm feeling lately.
0: Nice. Steve, favorite album of 2020? What are you looking forward to? It's
1: funny, Cisco, because my, my, my favorite album of 2020 has got a little bit of that world music in it. Uh, I saw this trio from Houston uh, open for Leon Bridges, like, God, maybe three, three four years ago. Um, and I was just taken aback by them. And it was funny because I remember my wife looking at me and be like, are you smitten? They have this, the, this female um, bass player that just, I don't, it's like she's from outer space. And just like totally, I was just like, I just, my eyes were just like glued to her. And I just remember my wife turning me and be like, somebody's smitten here. But I just, there's something about the music. It's funky, it's world music. Uh, This band from Houston is called Krungbin. Uh, They have an album that came out this year called, or in 2020 called Mordecai. Uh, And here is a little bit of their track, Time, You and I. So again, kind
0: of funky. Um, it's funny because I'm, I'm regretting my choice. I should have gone with something funky. Oh uh, well, just, I've, just, I've heard that on NPR. Oh really? A lot. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. Well, Texas just, Sun, right?
1: Yeah. Well, no. Texas Sun is the EP they did previously with Leon. Um, oh, okay before before they drop this record but what's odd what's not odd is all their other albums they don't really have like lyrics it's mostly like spacey world music funky um adult like uh uh roller rink <laughs> in a weird way yeah. um i don't know i'd like love i'd kind of i would like love to hear those guys score like a pta movie set in los angeles or something. I don't know. There's something about them. I put them on all the time when I'm cooking or if just like, you know, when I'm not listening to the Garden State album. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, that was definitely something that just... It's, it, sinking like stone. Yeah. Is that a song on Garden State? I don't <laughs> Yes, it is. It is. Um, but it's just one of those bands that sort of... it's it's like i could see them opening for beck i could, in fact i think beck did a remix of one of their songs this year as well um it's sort of this sort of funkiness that i've always been drawn to um and speaking of funkiness an album i'm looking forward to that is uh, still tba but is expected in 2021 because she was like i got it locked and loaded is the new saint vincent album
0: oh that's cool
1: yeah so that's pretty awesome yeah
2: i think she got an she has a new single out right now
1: Maybe oh, really? That oh, I'll have to look, at, yeah, have to look into it. A
2: day or two ago.
0: Nice. Nice, nice, nice. What about you, Alex? I am going through my library right now. Uh, here are some of the honorable mentions for sure. Uh, I loved, obviously, it's. I think it actually is probably surprising that I didn't pick this, but Run the Jewels 4 right. was absolutely just like, come on. You got
1: everybody. I was obsessed with that album. That's going to be pretty much. Will that be no nominations already came out? I was going to say, that should be up for album of the year now. It was fully snubbed
0: by the Grammys. Not a single nomination. Wow. And it won like Rolling Stone album of the year, Spin Magazine album of the year, NME album of the year. It won so like Pitchfork album of the year. It won so many awards and it wasn't nominated for a single thing. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like that is, that was the soundtrack of the summer. Like they, they were writing protest music. It like was, it was a perfect storm. I was, I just, the only reason I didn't pick it is I thought for sure people here were sick of me talking about Run the Jewels. Another album I really loved was uh, Song Machine by Gorillaz, which is their new oh, I forgot album. About that one. I actually just got, uh, you guys might be able to see it behind me, but that's the almanac. Nice. Right there. Yeah. The Gorilla's Almanac, which is a huge coffee table book for gorillas. Super stoked on that. But actually, my album of the year actually is by a band I've mentioned on the show called I Am The Avalanche. And I think a big reason why I fell kind of in love with this band is like I just felt this need to kind of take in a lot of comfort food while in quarantine and I kind of went back to some of those like older older motifs that I used to used to like when I was younger so I went with a classic kind of shouty punk band and uh, the new album's called Dive and this is my favorite track off the album Fake Weed Fake Weed He's a pretty angry dude. (laughs) It's pretty awesome. I just love the tone of his voice. And they have a very sort of like East Coast kind of like shout at this. And you know what? Now that we're talking about why maybe I really gravitate towards it, towards it in quarantine is like they're one of those bands where when you hear them, you can kind of hear the crowd smashing itself, just trying to get close and scream like with him there's like this kind of natural live energy to the sound of it. So it's very possible. I just really resonated with that. because, like, I just miss concerts. I miss the energy of being around people. And that kind of, that music really kind of hit me, hit me in a really profound way. And just like, they're super political too. So it was one of those, like kind of saw myself in the band with a lot of the music I was really into this year was super, super political uh album i'm looking forward to again because i don't really i'm so unplugged from it now my answer was if the kanye divorce is true whatever breakup album he comes out with because maybe (laughs) it'll be fucking fire right like maybe we'll get good I, i listened to 808s and heartbreaks while i was cooking dinner the other day and i was like man i miss rad kanye Like I really do miss really good Kanye music. Like life of Pablo is pretty cool, but kind of after that he was nuts. Like, and I I don't mean nuts in the derogatory. Like he's, he's got some clearly like he's working through some shit. He's working through some stuff. And it sounds like it's possible there might be a divorce on the horizon, which would mean that things are much more complicated at home. So I don't want to dig on him too much, but like, I don't know, man when that dude's got a real reason to like really make some shit and work some shit out, he seems to come out with these just like incredible, incredible albums. So I would be really excited to maybe have an 808s and heartbreaks revisited or like another, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy, maybe dipping back into that like classic Kanye West sound. I would be, Really, really excited. Because I actually really love Kanye West, but unfortunately, I can't really jive with him because I think his behavior has been so inappropriate for the last, like, geez, maybe, like, feels like almost four years of pretty pretty tough Kanye West outbursts to swallow. So if Kanye...
2: I'm okay with him
0: releasing new albums as long as he's not talking about slavery being a choice. Yeah, exactly. Like, if he can go back to, you know, being no one man should have all that power. Like, I think I'd be stoked to hear what he's got to say, but you know, again, I'm not going to comment on anyone's mental health, but maybe whatever the, the, the cocktail to keep the brain chemistry functioning, maybe in a healthier way. I think if that, if that's reinstated into the routine, I think we might be able to uh, enjoy some of that music, but we'll see who knows. All right. Now stuff. We talk about more Cisco favorite television show of 2020 this is a tough one because i don't i i don't watch a lot
2: of tv stuff um but when i thought about it i think my favorite show of the year was hentified i really really dug that show and it resonated with me a lot and i I hope they do a season two. I, I hope they do more episodes of that show because I, I really found myself caring about a lot of the characters um, and being really invested in where the story goes from, uh, from the end of that seri- uh, season one. Um, I also, I really liked um, season two of uh, Cobra Kai Dug it a lot. Um, Got to start watching uh, season three. But uh, yeah, those were my those were my shows that I think I was super into. You know, I, I I was thrown because I I could have sworn I watched Watchmen last year, but when I was looking it up, it said that that was a 2019 show, and that felt a little weird to me. I thought for sure that I watched
0: a- it in 2020, so it's that's possible you me. just watched it in 2020.
2: Maybe maybe I did. Um, and if that's true then Watchmen was for sure my favorite show of 2020 <laughs> i think it ran
0: into 2020
2: maybe that's what it is and maybe i because I, I know i waited until it was
0: all out I, yeah. for me to watch it i feel it. like it ran into uh, 2020 i don't i don't think it did because remember it was right after the game of thrones finale uh. yeah
2: yeah which Either Game way. of
0: Thrones was in its usual uh early spring slot so. so i
2: wasn't sure about the rules for this i didn't know if the show had to be from 2020 or the what, years but. are
0: blending together fuck it man i said kanye west <laughs> potential divorce album is my we're, we're we're bending all the rules what are you looking oh. forward to oh man uh i'm super looking forward to what the rest of wandavision
2: wandavision probably number one on all of my tv stuff i don't know a lot about like what's going to be coming out this year or not but Something that I've been highly, highly, highly anticipating and it ha- has unfortunately been postponed again or delayed again but it still seems like it's coming out this year is the Boondocks reboot. Mm. I cannot wait. Aaron Magruder's is uh, show running it again and writing it again. And um, the original Boondocks I was a big fan of. I'm actually a bigger fan of the original strip. Um, all of that stuff is some of my favorite comic strip stuff ever made. Um, and Magruder, I think, is unparalleled when it comes to social commentary on, uh, in that kind of forum. And I uh, can't wait, man. I hope, I hope it happens this year. I hope that we end up seeing it and it uh, doesn't get delayed anymore. But yeah, the boondocks, baby.
0: Nice. Steve. Favorite television
1: of 2020. What are you looking forward to the most favorite television of 2020? These are two, uh, shows that I couldn't wait to watch the next episode. Uh, first up Ozark season three, like, Ooh, forgot about that. Shit. Like shit. That was, that was a season. That was a season. And then I don't know if you, and then I don't know if you guys are going to give me shit for this or not, but it was a episodic one. And, uh, The last dance.
0: Oh, oh man! I don't know that that counts. It was a weekly. Yeah, yeah, yes, fair. fair. It it counts. I would. I view it as like almost like a standalone doc. Then I get it. I get it. I just
1: was thinking about like what was I most excited to week to week and.
0: uh, Oh, yeah. Then yeah, the the answer is absolutely the last dance. Uh, Like that was the best. Yeah, I think limited series can be. I
2: mean, like BBC series are all like six episodes long. So.
1: Yeah. And then, uh, well, then of course, honorable mention was me finding Survivor. But, uh, and I what I'm looking, know. what I'm actually most looking forward to, like Cisco, you know, the rest of Wanda, but I'm really looking forward to Loki. I know I talked about it, I think, last week. I'm actually really, really looking forward to that show. And then That's I'm 2020, right? Yeah. Oh, no, 2021 will be, hmm. uh, oh, Loki. 2021. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I'm really excited to be able to watch like Survivor when it airs. No. Week to week yeah. and not just you binge through have it. The
0: whole experience, dude. Yeah.
1: I'm I'm excited to have that experience. What about you, Alex? What do you what was your favorite for 2020 and what are you looking forward to? To be honest with
0: you, because I didn't even consider it the last dance absolutely should be on my list if it's eligible. I didn't even think about it as being, yeah. but you're totally right. Like I was glued to that every Sunday right at six. I was like, we're watching last dance and I would not wait. There was one of those shows where like, so like, Oh yeah, we'll watch with you later. I was like, I don't understand. I'm watching it now. I'm, I'm watching it right now. It's on. And she's like, can you wait? And I can't, but I'm happy to rewatch it if I like it, you know? So last dance for sure. But without question, I've talked about it on the show. Number one, television show of the year for me was Dave hands down lights out. So fucking good. It, it just, man, between Dave and Atlanta, man, FX comedy is great. <laughs> it's just a really, those two shows, man, they're, they're I, I, I consider them like companion pieces in a weird way. Like I think Atlanta is like, is sort of the the higher, more intellectual version. And then Dave is sort of like if you took Atlanta and smashed it with Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is probably why I just really fell in love with it. But, dude, Dave is so good. Fire whoever did the, the posters and the marketing. It's just not representative of what that show is. I think that show is really special, and it really resonated with me. Uh Obviously, Crown season season four oh, yeah. was slap daddy goodness. Oh, not, yeah. as, not as not quite as sophisticated as Dave, but the Crown is pretty sophisticated.
1: Queen's Gambit uh, was almost made my list.
0: Yep, 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 yep. And my you know my twenty twenty one lists are boring because I went a little traditional here. Uh, my. For sure, looking forward to Pen15 season 2.5, seeing the ending of the second season. Obviously, it's been broken apart and separated. I think due to COVID, they had to give some space between the releasing of those episodes. And then Dave season two, they're filming it right now. I'm assuming probably get it towards end of spring, early summer. That seems about right for a rollout of a single-cam comedy. I'm super stoked, though, for... I just want to see what they do with Dave. Cause if you watch the first season, it's such a great complete arc and I'm really excited to see them where they're going to take Dave's story. Cause it's, it's super interesting. All right. Movies, Cisco, number one movie of 2020. What are you looking forward to this year? I didn't watch a lot of movies last year either, but my,
2: I, I don't think there's even another movie that can compare to it. And, um, Unless somebody reminds me of something I'm forgetting, but Promising Young Woman was my favorite movie that I watched last year. Promising Young Woman is one of the best movies I've seen in probably like the last three years, I think. It, wow. it is so good. It was... I didn't know what to expect going into it. It kept me on my toes the entire time. Yeah. Yeah it kept subverting my expectations. Like I kept thinking I knew where the, something was headed and then it would throw, throw a curveball and do something different. And it did that all the way into the very end. And I, I just was entranced with it. I absolutely loved it. I think about it all the time.
1: Yeah, it's definitely a movie that sticks with you.
2: Yep. And it's a movie that like, I think I have, I have to watch it again because I feel like on a second viewing, I might, figure like some different things out that I like about it more, but um, I just, I recommend it. I think you should watch it. It's uh poignant. It's thoughtful. It's got a heart. It's um, it's a really, really, really good thr- thriller, I think. Um, and then as far as movies that I'm anticipating for this year, there are a bunch, but I think um, Top Gun baby. Top Gun actually didn't make the list. I am anticipating that, but that's, I'm, I'm not, uh, that didn't make it uh, to the, my most anticipated. Um, the Suicide Squad, James Gunn's The Suicide Squad, I think is prob- it probably my number one thing that I'm anticipating the most. And then the second movie that I'm really looking forward to and intrigued by is a movie that I just saw the trailer for yesterday. And it's a movie called Boogie, directed and written by Eddie Wong. Fuck that trailer is good. I don't know if the movie's going to be good or not. I hope it is. I I mean, I think Eddie Wong is um, a really really intelligent and talented guy and so I think that he can do some cool stuff with that movie. But man, that trailer got me. I am in, I I am in I am invested in that. I'm down. I can't wait for that to come out.
1: How about you, Stevo? Uh Without a doubt, Soul was probably, in my opinion, the best film of 2020. And it's a big deal for me to put an animated film as my top movie of the year. But that was a movie that just, I don't know, I needed. And I needed to end the year on with that movie. Uh, honorable mentions, Palm Springs, American Pickle, Tenet, and De 5 Bloods um, are probably some of my favorites overall of the year. Uh, I'm most looking forward to obviously coming to America. I've said a million times on this show uh, the sequel. I'm actually interested on to see what um, uh, Homeboy does with you know No Time to Die with the new Bond movie if that ever actually ends up being released. But what I'm most excited for is Edgar Wright's Last Night in Soho. Um, you know it's being billed as sort of a psychological horror film, and uh, I don't know. I love Edgar Wright. Uh, I love what he does, and that's probably my most anticipated. Alex, how about you, bud? Uh, Ditto. Favorite movie of the year was
0: Soul. It's not even close. It's not even close for me. Now, that being said, I got a brick of screeners that I haven't gotten to yet. So my favorite movie of 2020 could change. I have not seen Minari yet. I have not seen Promising Young Woman. I have not seen Nomadland, which are some. And I haven't seen Trial of the Chicago 7. So there's a lot of, a lot of big, good movies from 2020 that I have not sat down to watch yet because I've been watching Michael Scott and shit that makes my life feel easier <laughs> in quarantine. But Soul didn't make my life feel easier. Soul was challenging. Soul was complicated. Soul is without a doubt, when we revisit the Pixar list, Soul's number one. It's, it's over Wally. It's over all of them. Soul is far and away my favorite Pixar movie, Soul. I couldn't stop thinking about that movie for days after I watched it. I absolutely loved it. I loved everything about it. It spoke to me as a creative, as a struggling creative, as a someone whose life is incredibly defined by what they do and can feel like if you're defined by what you do, if you're not meeting those goals, you feel empty. And I very much related to Joe's journey in that movie. It is a fabulous, special movie. I hope it wins best picture because if there's one animated movie that truly does deserve it, soul, I believe is that movie, uh, movies I'm the most looking forward to. I didn't think this would be my choice, but it's ghostbusters afterlife. I'm actually really looking forward to that movie. You know, we sort of foreshadowing our conversation with Ken. Right? I'm sort of ready to be away from the cynicism of fandom and kind of remember that Ghostbusters is like one of my favorite favorite things. And all the toxicity around Ghostbusters three and whether or not that movie was good or not is irrelevant. Relevant. We just know that the the conversation around it was incredibly toxic and unhelpful and I'm excited to just go into a Ghostbusters movie without a lot of baggage and just knowing that like, it's not precious and see if I enjoy it. You know, full disclosure, I thought the cast of Ghostbusters three is great. I wasn't crazy about the movie. I don't think story wise, they hit on what Ghostbusters is to me, right? You talked a little bit about Ivan Reitman. I think that Ghostbusters is scary. I think that it's, a bunch of blue collar workers kind of cleaning up the town, hence the song cleaning up the town, the Ghostbusters song. And it's kind of has this like ragtag quality to it. And I just don't know that I got it from the Paul Feig movie. It felt a little too slick and a little too polished and a little too meddled in by the studio. Like I just didn't feel like it was the movie that I thought a Ghostbusters 3 would be. That's not at all the cast. It's just the actual story itself. It just didn't like they never once caught a they never busted a ghost. And when they did bust a ghost, it got out like fucking 10 minutes later. (laughs) The movie's called Ghostbusters. We're not busting ghosts. We're just punching ghosts and killing ghosts. That's not how it works. So that's just like my own little like pet peeve about that movie. And I'm really excited to just you know Ghostbusters 1 probably of of all my childhood movies is that movie. I've grown to love other movies more like Back to the Future and other other movies like Scott Pilgrim and m- movies that have really inspired me. But Ghostbusters is probably the very my first love as a child was the Ghostbusters. And I'm excited for that movie and I hope it's good, you know. And whether or not that movie's good or not has no bearing on whether or not I can watch the 1984 classic. <laughs> like yes. that's the that's the beauty of being a fan of movies is you can just go back and watch the ones you like. And I'm super stoked, and I hope Afterlife is good. I actually had forgotten about the Edgar Wright movie. Edgar Wright's my favorite director. Edgar and Jordan. So we'll see we'll see uh, how that Edgar Wright movie plays out. But all that being said. I just hope in 2021, every movie we listed, we get a chance to safely watch it in the theater. That's really my hope is that at least one of us gets to watch one of our choices safely in the theater would be really cool. And I hope it's Ghostbusters fuckers. <laughs> 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 uh, Cisco, this was a great conversation. If people want to find you at home, work, and they find you? They can find
2: me on Twitter and Instagram at Cisco kid with two D 77.
1: Steve, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at Rex Manning. And, you know, if you want to see what latest movie I dropped 20 bucks on to rent, hit me up on Letterboxd. You can find me at Alex underscore Bagus on Twitter, or at
0: Alex Bagus on Instagram, or you can go to www.alexdoesstuff.com. Check out all the creative stuff I'm working on, whether it be Black Series Rebels, whether it be short films, whether it be comic books. I'm just trying to make shit to make shit dog with that being said we'll see you guys next time on bsr later guys i'm here at pixar i'm about to go in uh start working on a collaboration project with pixar just kidding man i don't play that soft little baby shit man that's satan all day that evil satan
1: stuff heavy metal shit man i don't fucking mm. around a little baby shit. <laughs>